Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm telling you, when it's, when it's about the will of God being done, and Jesus said, Jesus, Jesus watch this part. Jesus had a will. Because he said, not my will, but thine be done. I mean, if you, now just, I'm going to go off the map for a little, just a second. Just go off the map just for a second. What if Jesus would have determined in his own will that he didn't want the will of the Father to be done? What if? Well, we know that's not possible because it didn't happen. But, 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 you know, he said, not my will, but thine be done. Instead of just saying, whatever you wish, God, he included himself in the process. He said, not my will, but thine be done. How often do we say that to the Lord? We, we kind of want our own ways of being done the way we want to get it done. And then we finally get to the end of our rope and we say, let's not tie a knot. Your will be done, God. Your will be done. <laughs> you see, when we want the will of the Father to be done, we've often come to the end of our own will. It would have been a good thing. Oh, come on now. It would have been a good thing if Jesus would have come off the cross for himself and said, you know what? I don't need this. After all, I've done, I've done no wrong. After all, I've, I've not sinned. I'm still good. But he said, not my will, but thine be done. And so, I'm, so he had to have somebody else on his mind. Somebody else was on his mind. You were on his mind. At the time he said, not my will, but thine be done, because he knew that something great was about to happen. Wouldn't it be exciting to know? What, I mean, to, to, if you didn't have a clue that you were going to be on the other side of his will, him following the will of the Father, that you would be saved? Wouldn't it be exciting to know that was going to happen? You didn't know that. We didn't know that, but he did. It, it's a good thing to see a Jesus, to see Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords himself, to say, not my will, but thine be done. I'm telling you, I get kind of excited about I've been doing the study in the will of God, and, and as I looked at it over and over again, I keep saying to myself, Jesus had a will, and he chose to choose the Father's will, which included me. No, included me individually. If it had only been me, he might have included me. No, he would have included me. But because it would have only been you, he would have included you as well. Jesus did the thing that his father did. We're going to look this morning at three different components of the will this morning, the will of the king. And we're going to look at David's life, we're going to look at Jesus' life, and we're going to look at our lives in the scripture. And we're determined this morning three things that I think will help us understand that it's, it's about the will of the Lord being done. As we tie it all up and wrap it all up here, uh, I think we'll come to an understanding that it's a good thing to do the will of God. Now, we can go, go into this agreeing that it's a good thing to do the will of God. God's never let you down. He's never done, done anything wrong to you. He's never offended you. He may have given you a hard challenge on occasion, and you've been able to do that. 
you know, I might take my jacket off because it's getting a little bit hot up in here to me. But, uh, okay, all right. Hallelujah. Psalm 40, verse number 8. It says, I delight, I delight to do your will. Oh, my God, you, your law is within my heart. Now, this is the New, New, New American Standard Version, and David speaking here. I delight to do your will. Now, when you think about the will of God, think about the will of God, how complicated has it ever been for you to do the will of God? Okay, let's, let's, let's ask a question. I want you to tell the truth on this. Now, if you don't raise your hand, you're not, gonna, you're not telling the truth, okay? But I'm, I'm, so, so you're going to have to raise your hand on this situation. I'm, I'm setting you up. Have you ever had a hard time doing the will of God? Yeah. Yeah. Raise your hand if you had, ever had a hard time doing the will of God. You had a hard time doing the will of God, right? You, you knew it was the right thing to do, but you had a hard time doing it. Why is it that you had a hard time doing it? Your flesh, right? Why is it that you had a hard time doing it? It's just stubborn. Why, why did you have a hard time doing the will of God and you knew it was the right thing to do? Rebellious. We have a lot, of, a lot of ways to explain this thing to ourselves, right? So we want to do the will of God. He says, I delight in your will. Oh, my God, your law is within my heart. Where is it have to be, first of all, for, it to be, for us to delight in it? It has to be in our hearts. You see, if it's in our heads, our, our <laughs> he changed his mind. Well, why didn't you do it? Why didn't you do what you're supposed to do? He changed his mind. She changed her mind. How many times have you changed your mind about a matter? But when something's deep in your heart, I mean, a word is deep in your heart. There's something about that word being deep in our heart that causes us to realize that, huh, I've got to get in line, get this word right here in line with my mind, my mind in line with this word that's in my heart so that I can carry out the will of God. So in my human spirit, that's my heart. In my mind, will, and emotional area of me, lining up with the will of God in my human spirit, that's aligned with the word of God, I therefore begin to carry out the word because I've now got it locked in my heart. I've got it locked in my heart. The human spirit part. I've got it locked there. But when it's not locked there, what ends up happening, my mind is flip-flopping back and forth. When I don't do the will of God, it's not because I don't want to. I don't will to. I don't will to. And I don't will to because it's not locked in my heart. The law of the Lord is not written in my heart. It's not within me just yet. But David says, I delight. I love that. I delight. I delight. I delight to do your will. Now, I, I, there's sometimes I don't delight to do God's will. I'm just telling the truth. I, I, sometimes I don't delight to do God's will because sometimes it's hard. Sometimes I've got to deliver a word that's kind of difficult to somebody. Individually or group or a situation may come up. You don't have to chastise or rebuke somebody or correct somebody. You don't, who wants to do that? How many of you enjoy spanking your children when you had kids? Come on, you just enjoy it. Oh, God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. No, 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 I've got to pray for you, brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nobody enjoys, nobody enjoys giving out punishment unless they've got something wrong with their heart. 
Nobody enjoys giving out punishment, but in delighting to do the will of the, the, will of the Lord, I would say this about David. He'd had to had some experiences with God in his delighting to do the will of the Lord that were favorable. Because when we are serving God, watch this, when we're serving God and we continually see him bless us and continue to see him do good things in our lives, there's a good thing that can begin to happen. We have a delight about that. Even in our natural selves, our natural selves being that when somebody blesses us or does a good thing to us or for us continually, we kind of delight being around them. It's fun to be around folks that, that you kind of have an idea, that, you know what, they're going to bless me. They're going to say something good to me. They're going to say something kind to me because they have a reputation all of a sudden, right? That the reputation that they have precedes them. And when they show up, your delight to be in their presence is there. But if, you've got, if you're around a person that's always letting you down, in the natural, somebody that's always letting you down, what, you, when you come around, you kind of go like, huh, yeah, huh, who, he, huh, huh. This, is, this may not come out good. They may let me down again. <laughs> you see, and that, that kind of thing happens. But you see, when we get around God, watch, watch David. David got around God. David got around the Father. He got around the, the God the Father. He, and, God, and, and David understood something about God. He understood God wasn't a liar. He understood God would come through. So he delighted to do his will. I mean, he, he got excited about doing his will. When you get excited about doing God's will, no matter what it is, you've got that law locked in your heart. You've got it locked in your heart. And so you know that, okay, the outcome is going to be all right because I know that, because I, not because I just delight to do God's will. That's the outside portion of it there, by the way. The delighting part is the outside thing that we do. The, the thing that's locked in our hearts, so your law is within my heart, that's inside. That's behind the scenes. That's under the hood. And so when we're under the hood and we're dealing with things that are a little bit different because we're, we, we're taking the time to get a hold of his law, his word, and trust his word, and get that word deep within us, the delighting part becomes an ease for us. It becomes an easy situation for us. Burdens are light. Yoke is easy. Burdens are light with God. We don't have to even worry, find ourselves worrying about how he does what he does or what, what, the outcomes, what the outcome might be because we don't quite understand things just yet. God always comes through. So David delighted in the Lord. I'm excited about that because he had a delight in that regard. Psalm 143.10 says this, teach me to do your will. This is David speaking again. For you are my God, let your good spirit lead me on level ground. Teach me to do your will. Now here's a guy that delights in the law of the Lord, right? He delights in God, delights in his will, and now he's saying to teach me. Now, when it comes to getting a, a revelation most of us want to get revelation. But sometimes we have to learn some basic things in order to receive the revelation. We've got to get some, some, some mundane things that we have to go through over and over again. If, if you've ever, well, you probably don't remember back this far, but when you were in elementary school, uh, you begin to learn things by repeating them over and over and over again. And then as you got to be an adult, those things became the basics of your life. You're able to establish a, write a sentence because you learned some of the basics, right? And the basics were really understood. But if you never got the basic, you never would be able to have revelation. You'd never be able to understand revelation when you, when you initially, when you got it at some point. So God, God wants us to have a place where we have a desire to be taught by him to teach me your will. 
Now, here's this part. David's delighting, delighting in God is one thing. But then the teaching to do, not just teaching, but teaching to do. Don't leave that little short word out because, you see, if we leave the do part out, the doing part out, we're not going to actually see his will come to pass because we'll be taught a lot of things. There are a lot of folks that hear a lot of things, a lot of good teaching, but don't do anything with it. The Bible says to be not hearers only, but what? Doers. So we can hear good teaching. David's not only delighting to, to do the will of God, but he said, he said, teach me to do your will. He didn't say, teach me your will. He said, teach me to do your will. So I'm desiring to do God's will, so how will I get the chance to do it? I have to be taught to do his will. David had to be taught to do his will. He asked God to teach him. Ooh, he asked God to teach him. Would you dare ask God to teach you how to do something? Because you, know you know he can, right? You know he will, don't you? But you know you have to do it once you've been taught it. It's a frightening thing for believers to really, truly go ahead and do what God told them to do. Because, you see, in our natural self, our, 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 our human self, we, 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 we kind of have this idea that we're in charge. But when we discover that God has a different way of going about doing things for us, and then we have to do it according to his way, that goes against the grain. It goes against the way we would do it. So if I'm, if I'm saying, God, David said, teach me to do your will. He's also saying, teach me to stop doing my will. Teach me to stop doing what I desire to do. Teach me not to delight in myself anymore. See that? But to do your will. Different way of doing things. So if God's, God's desire, no, God, God, God's not even... God's not jumping on David, okay, learn my will. You know, he's done David said to God, David said to God, teach me to do your will, for you are my God. You're my God. He says, let your good spirit lead me on level ground. Now, here in this earth that we live in, we have to live in, we have to be able to do God's will uh, based on what we've been taught by him based on how we've been taught by him. So we have an example in David's life that we're able to get our, have him teach us to do his will. Now, <laughs> I, I, I personally I wasn't all that enthralled to hear that part because I started reading it and I said, that's good for David. That, that's, good for David. That, that's good for David because he's saying, teach me to do your will. And then, then of course, as you're studying, you're, you're getting the word, you get revelation, that's good for you too. You, can, can you say, teach me to do your will? And mean it. <laughs> David's thoughts were published. <laughs> David's thoughts were published in the Bible. And now we have a chance to look back at his life and identify what he was desiring of God. He delighted in God, but he also, he also said, teach me to do your will. Now, it's not the teaching part. See, I want to I make this distinction. The teaching part, we have heard a lot about the teaching part. We've been taught a lot of good things. And we have a lot of good head knowledge, the mental ascent part. We have a lot of that. But beyond that, there's this do part, that little small word, D-O, D-O. Uh, teach me to do. If God's going to teach you to do anything, leave the will out for a moment. Just leave it out for a, minute, for a moment. Teach me to do. Speaking to God, teach me to do. What would automatically come after that? Okay. If you're talking to God... If you're talking to God, 
Do you believe that he's going to teach you to do anything wrong? You don't, you don't think so? So, so teach, if you said to God, teach me to do, he, his will would automatically come after that. Yeah. Automatically. So in David's case, he's, not, he's being very specific with God. Very specific with God. Teach me to do your will. Because it, it, don't, get, don't, get don't get it confused to think that God's going to teach you to do something that's going to benefit us only. It really is all about his kingdom. Is he selfish? No, he's not. His kingdom is expansive. His kingdom is for every one of us. And the things that we do not only benefit the king, but it also benefits the kingdom. So as we see God doing, doing things in our lives, we're not just sitting around going, okay, well, I'll do, I'll do what you want me to do uh, because I, I see a benefit for me only. It's more than our own personal benefit. It's about his will being done. So I delight, in, I delight to do your will. And I'm going to jump back again, uh, back and forth between. I delight and teach me. Because in both cases, there's doing involved. I delight to do your will. I do, not, not delight to just know your will, understand your will, comprehend your will, but to do your will. It goes way beyond just delighting in getting the word. This is not a day, it never has been a day, where we just get the word and become spiritual fat souls. It's not, not a day where we just kind of get the word and just kind of hold on to it for ourselves and, and just kind of and, and hold enough so we don't have to eat for a little while. Do you, do you find yourself having to give it away? So blessed, I can't contain it. So blessed, I got to give it away. You know, we, 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 we sing these songs, but these songs have some, words, some meanings in them that we got to go ahead and do some things with it. So we got delighting in him to do his will and then teaching him, teaching us to do his will. That's David. So with David, the will of the king is his desire. His desire. His personal desire. The delight, I, you could have used the word delight if I chose to, but I chose his desire because God gives us the desires of our heart. And I love this, I, I, this, this thought process about how David's desire in him was to please the Father, delighting to do his will, then having him teach him to do his will and wanting to do it. Now, him following up on what he's asking for, hear this part, please hear this part, us following up on what we ask for from God. Or us following up on what we say to God. We make statements to God like, I delight to do your will. <laughs> I delight to do your will. I delight to do your will. Do we really mean that? Or is it something we say in church because it's churchy? Is it something we say in life? Because he, here's this part. David's talking directly to the Father. He's not giving a sermon. He's talking to the Father. He said, I delight to do your will. Boom, that's one thing. Then he says, teach me to do your will. He's not talking to the congregation. He's talking to the Father. Teach me to do your will. Father, teach me. You are, my, you are my God. Teach me to do your will. So his desire has to be great. His desire, first of all, delighted. His desire also to be taught the word to do. But here's part. As much as I focus on all of that about delighting, and being taught, his desire is to do, is to do the will of God. His desire is to do the will of God. How many of you desire to do the will of God? Back it up then. How many of you desire for him to teach you to do it? 
back it up again. How many of you desire that you delight to do? You see, so when you back it all the way up again, you take all the desire out, you take all the delight out, you take all the desire to be taught out, but you say, you know what, I desire to do. Whatever God's will is to do, get it done. Whatever it is to do, get it done. So let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's look at, look at the rest of this again and, and see what God's saying regarding Jesus' life. And we're going to kind of fly through this real quickly here. John 434, Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me to accomplish his work. Now, I like I like Jesus and how he uh, his desires to do the will, do the will of the father right off the bat. But he's telling people that look at his life. He's telling people that look at him and go, boy, you're great. Boy, you're doing some fantastic things. Couldn't you do some other things over here for us? How, how, how many of you have more than one talent? More than one talent. Can walk and chew gum at the same time. You know, something. More than one talent. You got more than one talent. You got more than one talent. You can you walk, you can talk, you can sing, you can eat. You can, more than one, most of us have more than one talent. You know, it'd be so kind of weird to look on the other side of this question, on the back side of the question. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me to accomplish his work. As much talent as I have, as much as you've been blessed by what you see me, Jesus speaking, mine is not to do what you want me to do, because I can't, but to do the will of him who sent me here. You see, the one that gave me the blessing, you see, the one that gave me his, his purpose in life, the one that established me here in the earth, the one that's allowed me to be here, my father, my, my food is... My desire, my food is to do the will, do the, to do the will of, him, of, of, of who, him who sent me. Now, here again, the word do shows up. Darn it. Why does this word do keep showing up? Because doing is so important. We're doing is so important. David was about doing. Jesus is about what? Doing. Something we're going to have to be about doing. The will of the Father. We're going to have to be about doing as well. So Jesus said to him, to them, my food is, a, is to do the will of him who sent me to accomplish his work. To accomplish his work. Look at J John 5.30. Jesus indicates again, I can do nothing on my own. It's about doing. I can do some things, but I can do nothing on my own. <laughs> Come on, you got to hear this. I can do some things. I can do a lot of things, but I can do nothing I can do nothing on my own initiative as, as I hear, I judge, and, I, and my judgment is just because I do not seek, I do here again, I do not seek to do, to, to, to seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So we're watching Jesus again, and we're looking at how he's deciding to have conversation with people. He's indicating that I can do nothing on my own. Then he says, I, I do not seek my own will. Well, let's just look at the word here. If I can do nothing on my own, that means I can do something on somebody else's authority. Whose authority would he be doing it on? His father. His father. He says, that I, I do not seek my own will. Then he goes over to answer that, but the will of him who sent me. I do not seek to do my own will. But I seek the will of him who sent me. I seek to do the will of him who sent me, is what he should say here. I seek to, but I seek to do the will of him who sent me. 
Jesus is not playing around with this area of doing either. David didn't play around with the area of doing. He delighted. He desired to be taught to do. Jesus is indicating here that his, anything he does and everything, everything he's about is about the will of him who sent him. And so we move to John, 30, John 6, 38. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but, but the will of him who sent me. Now, we're just kind of going through some things over and over again. How many, how many times have you seen the word, that little small word, do? How many times have you seen the small word, do, show up? What has Jesus done for you? He didn't do it on his own accord. He did it because he was sent to do what he did for you. He went to the cross. He did that on the cross as a result of what the Father had instructed him to do. You see, all of what we do in our lives ought to be shaped after Jesus. Ought to be shaped the way he did what he did. Luke, Luke 22, 42 says this. Saying, Father, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Remember this story? Some of you remember this story. Yet not my will, but yours be done. We just talked about that a few minutes ago. Yet not my will, but yours be done. If you ever had a struggle in your own personal life and, and, and came to realize that at the end of a tough place in life that there is another will beyond your own. I, I have personally been in places in my life, and even as a, a pastor, in places in my life that I thought there was no way out. I don't know if you've been there before. I, I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about, but this is my, my experience. I have, I have really thought that no way out. No way out. I didn't see a way out. I mean, really. I was, they, I was, I've, I've been at, at a place where I just felt like whatever I willed to do would not get done. Have you ever been there before where you have willed to do something, but there was no willingness, there was no willing, there's a willingness to do it, but there was no way to do it? Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a will and a willingness to get it done, but there's no way to get it done. But there's still a will that we haven't tapped into, and that's the will of the Father, the will of the King. And when I discovered the will of the King, it's me saying, not my will, but thine be done. I mean, flat out giving up. We're not taught to give up. We're not taught to quit. We're taught to fight the good fight of faith. We're taught to stand strong and see the salvation of the Lord. We're taught to stand and do all we can to stand and continue to stand. We're taught all these great things to do, but there comes a point in life, a point in every one of our lives, it is the will of the Father that we have to yield to, the will of the King that we have to yield to. The will of ourselves has to be gone. We don't get there by a relationship with Jesus. A casual relationship with the Father, don't get there like that. You see, Casually, we can approach life and kind of say, well, que sera, sera. Whatever will be, will be. I'm not going to try. It's not that big of a deal. Que sera, sera. And we just kind of let things just kind of float around. So what we don't realize at that point is that we've still settled for our own will. 
and not the will of him who is our king. When we settle for the will of the king, it is a determination, a decision that we make because we know we don't have any other way to go. There's no other, watch this, there's no other way to go, not because we don't have options all the time, because sometimes we have options. But when we find the will of God, and we find that he has given us a way to go, not that it seems right in our own eyes even, right? But he's given us a way to go. We understand that his counsel is right all the time. And so because we get to that place and we say, I desire to do the will of him who sent me. I desire to do the will of him who brought me to life. I desire to do the will of God, my father, God in heaven. I desire to do that. So whatever what I was thinking before, that's gone. I made a decision to sever. I mean, sever. Cut ties with the past. Cut ties with my own will. I mean, cut. Can, you, can you imagine cutting ties with your own will? Just giving it up. Say, I'm done with my will. That's what Jesus did. Jesus did that. In the moment of his greatest weakness, in the moment of his greatest pain, in the moment of him dealing with all the diseases of the world, known and unknown, not my will, but yours be done. All the things that he was going through on the cross, at that point he said, not my will, but yours be done. That is a different kind of will, the desire to go, go, go towards. And we're struggling with, should I take this job or this job? Should we get a bike for Christmas or a bigger bike for Christmas? Come on now. Let's talk about the will of God on a scale. Should we do it big or should we do it small? Should we trust God for the impossible or should we just kind of trust him for what we already know he can do? (laughs) Ah, this is good. One thing about our will is that we know everything that's already preceded it. We know everything about every, everything that's ever happened. We can identify with the things that have been done before. We can identify with the will of God in times past. But we don't know about the will of God going forward. <laughs> to say not mine is to say I'm going to give up on all my, all my thoughts and all my ideas and all the things that I've had victory in before. But I'm going to trust you right now to go forward, God, with your will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so much different than mine. As I preach, teach the word of God, mine is to get you to go and do it. Mine is to get you to say, uh, Pastor, that's kind of hurting. That, that's kind of like, that's kind of getting me to really believe God. I, I really don't want to do it. I do, I, I do, I do, but I, you, do you really want to believe God? <laughs> if you really want to believe God, you do some things, right? I remember I was an usher in the church, you know. And Leon Patillo's song used to come on, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. And I'd be, I'd be, I'm a brand new baby Christian, right? I'm soaking in everything, man. I'm telling about the word of God. Every, I was at church almost every day. And I'm so, sitting back at the church ushering. <laughs> Hallelujah, glory to Ah, yes. I mean, I'm back there just ready, ready to go, man. I'm ready, I'm ready to go. And, and I'm ready to run out the back door because they're talking about going to all the world and preach the gospel. I'm like, you know, the world's out there, not in here. I've got to get out of here. I mean, I was ready to run. 
I just ready to do the will of God because I didn't know. I didn't know what else to do. I'm, nobody was telling me how to do stuff in life. I'm just sitting back there. I'll do something in the church. I'll be an usher. Sitting back there being an usher, man, I'm telling you, I'm hearing the word of God. I, I'm on the front line, bless God. Had my suit, my tie up, man. I was ready to go. Hearing the word of God. That's what I want to do with you. I want you to run out of here and say, yes, God. Yes, I'll get it done. Yes, I'll do it. I'll do what you want me to do. God, yes, I'll do it. Somehow that happened to me and I kept on running. Somehow that happened to me. I'm still running today. Somehow somebody else is going to come, come across my pathway and they're going to catch the fire and run with me. Somebody's going to run. Somebody's going to run. I believe it. I believe God for that. Well, amen to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, okay, back down to earth a little bit. Here we go. With Jesus, with Jesus, with Jesus, the will of the king is his decision. See, David was his desire. His desire. Delighted. Teach me to do your will. All through the, what we just read, scripture-wise, Jesus was deciding. He decided. And say, a decision is to sever, is to, to cut. <laughs> incision, you hear the word incision, right? You, you, you puncture to make an incision. So you break the skin to make that incision. If you want to, do, uh, to separate it, you break it even more, and then you've got a, something that's happened. So they take the word decision, now we now cut deep to separate to move forward. We get cut deep in our mindset, say, God, let me decide. I've decided. I have decided. I've cut off all other avenues. I've cut off all other thoughts. I've cut off anything that's been against your will. I've cut off the past, and I'm going forward in you. To cut off is to go forward in him. To cut, to cut off is to go forward in him. And if you don't believe that, think about the decision that Jesus, that Jesus didn't make to do his own will. Jesus made a decision to do his own will. We're not here. We're not here loving his father. There's no way to the father except through what? Through the son. So because of that decision he made, we have a way to the father because the son has done his will. Big difference. Big difference. We ought to be able to do his will as well. Let's move on. So we look, we're looking beyond Jesus now. And we'll look at us for a minute. Luke 9.23 says this. And he was saying to them, it's Jesus speaking, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must, de must deny himself. He must deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Now, I'm focusing on the word deny. That's another doing thing, by the way. Another doing thing is denying ourselves. Um, <laughs> you're talking about a radical group of people. The disciples. These cats, they, they denied themselves. He said, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Didn't have a big sales story. Didn't have a big uh, campaign. Didn't have a pre-sale. Didn't have an upsell. Didn't have a, Didn't have a, any uh, graphic uh, graphic designs. And didn't have no big tents outside. Didn't have a television big screen. Didn't have any. Didn't make any promises. Uh, follow me. I make you fishers of men. That's my only promise I'm gonna make to you guys. Follow me. I make you fishers of men. Had you heard of a fisher of men before that, Mr. Fisherman? 
Mr. Fisherman, I'm talking to you. Had you heard of fishers of men before, before you heard of fishers of fish? No, you, you've been fishing for fish all your life, and now this man comes along and says, I'll make you a fisher of men. Oh, I don't know what a fisher of men happens to be, but if you say follow you, I'm going to go ahead and follow you. These guys denied themselves. They denied themselves. They said, no, you know what, I'm done. I'm denying myself. I'm going to give this thing up. Oh, oh thank you. Oh, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I keep forgetting I had these things, okay? But he said, deny. He said, deny yourself. Deny yourself. Deny yourself. Deny yourself. Deny yourself. What does it mean for you to deny yourself? Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Come on. Deny yourself. And he says this. He must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. There's some, there's some areas of things that we have to do, not, just, not only denying ourselves, taking up our cross and then following. Taking up the cross, taking up all the stuff you've been dealing with in life, and taking that stuff is okay, now let's, here we go, boom. I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to follow. Follow me. And whatever happens as a result of this, you've got to trust it's going to be good. When we came to Jesus, that was our first point of denying ourselves. We said, okay, I'll give up this life for this life. When we first got saved, that's what we did. Confess with our mouth, believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, saved, and all of a sudden we said, yes, we're in, we're in, we're in, we're in. That was, that was the first start. Some people were lied to. Some people said there's no following involved. Some people made it, a, made it appear like there was nothing else to do except to be, to be you know, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. Yeah, that's it. That, that's it. Is that it? Some people made it, made people, people believe that that was it. That's not it. There's a lot of following involved, isn't it? The following part. Now, see, every bit of following, hear this part, every bit of following is a decision every day. I decide every day. Remember that song, I have decided to follow Jesus? I have decided to follow Jesus? Well, we decide every day to follow Jesus. We decide every day to, to do the will of the king or not to do the will of the king. So it's our decision every day that we do that. Moving on. Matthew 6.10 says this. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Here we go. This doing thing comes up again. Never seen this before so much, have we? We talk about the kingdom. We talk about the will of God. But there's all this little word do that fits right in the middle of all of that. He says, your kingdom come. That's one aspect showing up. That's fantastic. I like that. He says, your will be done. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Where are we? We're in earth. His kingdom has come, his kingdom of, the kingdom of heaven's at hand. So his will being done is going to be done through who? Done, be doing through who? It's going to be done through us as believers. It'll be done through us as, a, as saints of God. It'll be done through us as kingdom citizens. It'll be done through us. So it's up to us to get the will of God done here in earth realm. As he says, his kingdom has already come, his will to be done. First Thessalonians 5.18, we're moving on real fast here. And everything give thanks for this is the will of God for you. So again, here's an aspect of our lives. We give thanks in everything that we do. Everything we do, give thanks to God because that's the will of God for us. So our desire, again, is to be in a place where we're going to be like Jesus, but also be like David. Make a decision to say, you know what? I'm going to desire to be, be like, I'm a desire to be like David, but I'm also making a decision like, like Jesus made a decision. Ephesians 5:17. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but, but understanding what the will of the Lord is but understanding what the will of the Lord is. To understand the will of the Lord. This is one of the biggest struggles in the world for people, uh, people of God. Trying to understand the will of the Lord. Always trying to understand the will of the Lord. First of all, 
He says, take no thought for tomorrow. For tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient to the days of evil thereof. So take thought for the things of today. He says, right now. Think on things that are lovely, pure, and of a good report right now. And so we don't have to cast our, our, cast our thought life so far down the road. Oh, well, we make plans and all that kind of stuff. But we don't have to cast our thought life so far down the road that we're so worried about what's not even happening yet. If you've been worrying about what's not happened yet, it's because you're not present. <laughs> you've got to be present because the Lord is with you now. He's with you right now. So wherefore, he says, be you not unwise, but, under, un, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse number 15. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Now the fun part about that, putting to silence the ignorance of foolish men, is that we who do the will of God are those faithful folks. Those ones that say, yes, I'm going to go ahead and break through the barriers. I'm going to do that thing which is impossible with man. I'm going to do that thing that I have been desiring to do in my heart. I'm going to do that thing that I've decided to do. I'm going to get it done because that's what the will of God is for me. And then we put to, we put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Because do you know when you start pleasing God that not everybody's going to be happy for you? Do you know that when you, you do something that people, people have gotten married and they say, oh, that's not going to last very long. They've been married for 65 years. They won't do so well in life. Look at them. That little, that little church down the corner, they'll be there for four, three four years. They'll be gone. Here we are some many, many, many years later, still kind of plugging away, trusting God, believing God for things that we've never seen happen before in our own lives. And we'll just say, believe in you, God. We believe you, God. We believe you, God. Different characters all along the way, but God has always been in charge, hasn't he? He's a good guy. He does that kind of thing. So we put, to, we put to silence the ignorance of foolish men by doing the will of God. So your desire should be to do the will of God like that. So with us, the will of the king leads us to our destiny. See, if you want to get to your destiny, do like David did. Desire the will of the Lord. Desire the will of the Lord. Do like Jesus did. Decide it's important enough to, to have it. Decide that the will of the Lord is so, so important that you would have, never do anything else but his will. And if you want to be led to your destiny, those two things alone, those two things alone will help you get there. Those two things alone will help you get there. They'll help you get to the, your destiny. We're wanting to get to destiny without putting in the time to desire or, or make a decision to get there. See, there's a lot of folks in life that want to get somewhere in life. but can't get there because they have a, they have a, a, a they're, they're thinking that they can do it on their own. And to think that you can do it on your own is a false thought process. It's a false thought process because it will never please God to get there on your own to do it your way, to do it according to your will. It's not the first scripture we talked about, first thing we talked about, not mine, not my will, but thine be done. Let's let the Lord's will be done in our lives. Amen. Father, we thank you this morning for your will of God being done in our hearts. We're asking you, Father, that you would move in our hearts in ways we've never understood you to move before. We uh, desire to be where you want us to be. We desire to be there in a way that's going to help us get to that place, Father, in a big way. We desire to get there, Father, but we also have, make a decision to say yes to your ways and to your word all the time. And then our destiny, Father, we know that we'll be led to there, led to our destiny as a result of you being with us every step we take. God, we bless you and thank you today for the word that you've given us. We hold, you, uh, we hold ourselves accountable to your word. We hold ourselves accountable to get your will accomplished in our lives. Father, bless those that are here under the sound of my voice right now. 
those that are listening by audio as well, that they would hear the word of the Lord, desire it like David did, decide like Jesus did, and have our destiny fulfilled as they had their destiny fulfilled as well. We give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.